What's up, everyone? Welcome to Desolation Radio. Here with Dan, Nathan, Sam. Hiya. Hiya, mate. How are you doing? Not bad, you? Yeah, good, good. Not, right. not in Bridgend today, are we? No, we're in a special, uh, special recording studio in... Should we tell those? No, underground. Undisclosed location. Somewhere, somewhere in Clive. Um, we're going to be talking today, first, of what we hope is a, an ongoing sort of conversation about the state of the Welsh economy and what we think is going to happen in the future. Like... Um, and we're pleased to be joined today by Mr. Mark Hooper. Hello, guys. How's it going, Mark? Good. Yeah, right. really good, thanks. Mark, owner of uh, <laughs> a lot of Twitter accounts. I have a few. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Mark's going to be talking to, uh, helping us talk about the economy because basically we don't know don't that much. Don't know much. Um, Neither yeah. do a lot of other people, I think. <laughs> but it's good, you know, I think the economy is one of those things, and I think it's a good time for me to admit, you know, and we can all, if you want to admit as well, Nathan or Sam, or not you, Matt, but like, you know, it's a lot of the time people will talk about the economy, and I'm like, what on earth are they talking about? Did you ever see the film The Big Short? I haven't. I bought the book, and like all my books are still waiting to be read. Well, I think that's like. That's ridiculous, though, wasn't it? It's on Netflix now. Okay, I, I read them. Um, I read uh, Matt Taibbi's book about roughly the same thing, uh, Griftopia, which is really good. You understand it? Like, I read it twice, because the first time I got bored halfway through and started again, and then you just, like, kind of pick up on basically... Just read their last sentence. What, what I usually say is, uh, when someone says something, whatever, like, pro-capitalism, neoliberal, I just always say, well, you obviously haven't read Marx, and you can just leave it as that, you know? Don't have to explain yourself. Even if you haven't read it. Even if you haven't read it yourself, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's, uh, I, that was, like, the litmus test whatever I watched that film like blood was kind of my ears I just didn't understand <laughs> even even though they had like idiot proof guides in it for explaining like financial products and services and stuff I just I didn't understand it um, well, but I think the triple A ratings and stuff yeah but I think it's also I mean when we talk about the economy on TV there was um, I think it was Chomsky said that a lot of the time the economy is talking about like the weather <laughs> it's almost like something that you know hovers above us that it's not related to human beings it's almost like the, because we see the markets at the end of the news then it, and they are with the weather. It's like this is the, you know, the footsies up and put the Dow Jones up. And we're like, what does that mean? So, um, as part of this yeah, ongoing, that's what it means. yeah, <laughs> as, as part of this ongoing conversation, hopefully we're going to try to clarify some things because I definitely need things to be clarified yeah, for ourselves more than for ourselves. Else. Um, yeah. It's going to be a learning journey for all of us. But the problem is, if we don't have the national conversation, people don't understand these things, then it's always going to be in the hands of us. A few certain people, isn't it? But they want that, though, don't they? Yeah, of course. You know, yeah. this yeah. is something that's intentionally difficult for us all yeah. to understand. But the economy should be about what services people. You know, people should be better because of what goes on in the economy. And it seems like that's not the way it's been set up. And we've just been given a, you know, a way of working, and that's how you got to do it. It's seen as almost a complete. The economy is one thing, and people are completely yeah. disconnected from it, yeah. aren't they? Just the economy is doing well, you know, and people might not necessarily feel it or things like that. And people ask the question, you know, what's the economy for? And at the moment, just for big businesses. Well, we will be talking about that now in this episode and the next one, and, and many more, as we said. Um, so as we do every episode, we're going to talk some stats, sound hits with some stats, because I, I fluffed it last time. It's, um, you know, Sam's Corner is really becoming, like, you know, a weekly thing these days. Yeah, second, second week. Yeah. Second week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get a trumpet. Yeah, you have to do that every time, yeah. Get a fedora yeah. as well. 
So yeah, I'm gonna just completely inundate you with stats to begin with. Uh, Class. Yeah. So we're gonna look at GDP to start off with, and look at the EU averages. So if we take 100% to be the EU average, uh, West Wales and the Valleys is has a GDP per head of 68.4% of the EU average. Uh, if we look at uh, East Wales, which is you know the richest part of Wales, it's still at a 99.3% of the EU average. When we take the UK as a whole, the, the EU average is 110% of the EU average. So we're, whatever whatever that is, 11% shy of the UK average as a whole. So if we compare this stats to, you know, we hear this a lot, especially now, you know, uh, pre and post Brexit about, you know, Eastern Europe being very, very poor and, you know, us being uh, whatever, a developed country, if you want to say. So areas of Bulgaria have a... Uh, GDP of 75.3% of the EU average. Uh, Czech Republic, there are three regions higher than us in the mid-70s, higher than West Wales uh, and the Valleys. If we look at Slovakia and Slovenia, so Slovenia for the whole country is 87.1% of the EU average, which is higher than Wales. So we really need to kind of re- like, look at where we are, instead of looking at the UK as a whole, because the UK is above the EU average, Wales as a part of it is well below. Um, so we're not doing very well. <laughs> we're not doing very well, yeah, very, pretty much. Um, if you look at GVA, uh, which stands for Gross Value Added. So it's basically the value you add to products, the, the amount you kind of... You, you get some raw materials and the value you add to it. So, you know, it's worth more in the end. So if you look at this per head, right? London per head, the GVA is £42,666. In Wales, it's £17,573. Is that good? <laughs> That's the end of the show. It's, it's, it's shocking, basically. Okay. Um, shocking, yeah. We might, yeah. Well, maybe we should talk about GDP because I mean, I didn't really. I mean, I've got to be honest, I didn't. When you hear GDP, we know it's a standard measure of the economy. I don't really precisely understand what it was, but there was um, the ONS actually did like a, a good explainer the other day. Uh, I'm going to read that out verbatim again, as I, as I do. Um, so it says, imagine 1.8 trillion pounds in bundles of 50 pound notes, double stacked on pallets. It would cover an area almost the size of four football pitches. This mind-bogglingly large amount of money is the current estimated value of the UK's gross domestic product, which is what GDP means. So GDP is basically the standard measure of the size and health of a country's economy. It's how we measure and compare how well or badly countries are doing. So basically, what GDP is, it's the value, profits and consumption of every item, product or service brought to market by workers, companies or any other economic resources resident inside the country in a period is time in a certain period of time, rather, is part of the GDP. So it's basically everything that's made and produced completely in the country, sort of estimated, lumped together. That it's can be valued. That can be valued, yeah. rather, is, is, uh, is the GDP. Yeah. So, so what did so, you say the GDP of uh, Britain was? 1.8 billion? Yeah. Trillion. 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 So the GDP of Wales is 54 billion. Okay. So, so you can see how small amounts yeah. of... So I was looking, I was looking yeah. at Mark all the way through there. Like, as you ride your bike for the first time. Okay, so we've just established, you know, we're not doing particularly well economically, right? Um, I think that, again, if you indulge me, I want to talk about how we got to this stage. I want to briefly talk about the, 
say briefly, briefly. Um, <laughs> the historical development of Wales. I think it's important because capitalism's got a tendency, you know, as we discussed previously, to follow the path of least resistance. And what this means is that the historical development of an area is really significant because I think Calvin Jones wrote in a Click on Wales article, he basically said people talk about Welsh economy without understanding the history of Wales in relationship to Britain, which is, you, you can't do that basically. So You want to get Calvin on, I reckon. We, we will, we will. Um, this is us calling you up, Calvin. Yeah. 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 Um, so basically, I mean, basically areas in, which were poor in the past and throughout history tend to stay poor now. And areas which were rich in the past, you know, they tend to remain rich. And this is because an area will establish better transport links, you know, more people will move there, and this sort of perpetuates a virtuous circle of development, whereas, you know, being poor in history, that starts a vicious circle. You've got brain drain, you've got poor transport links and things like that. Um, so I briefly talk about how we've got to this stage. So Wales was quite rapidly industrialised in a semi-colonial fashion. So unlike Ireland, where sort of industrialisation was quite slow and piecemeal, in Wales it occurred quite rapidly and it actually came from outside. So Scotland was developed by sort of native capitalists, for want of a better word, like you know, big business, local big business owners. Wales was generally financed by English, English capital, English capitalists basically. So if we jump forward, you know, in the late 19th century, the Welsh economy was massively concentrated on the production of commodities, you know, i.e. coal and raw materials, unlike England, which was had quite a diverse economy at the time. Uh, Urbanisation lagged around the rest of the UK, manufacturing was of little importance, and most of the work was sort of handwork. So even back, you know, during the heart of the Industrial Revolution, Wales is sort of lagging behind. So how do we get there, right? So... There's this theory about Wales' development and it's called internal colonialism. It's quite popular. I think it's important to talk about it because, especially amongst Welsh nationalists, I think it's got a lot of purchase. It's a particular idea of why Wales is poor, the role of the British state in, in causing this and things like that. And I, I think it's there's some parts which are good, but there's some parts which are not so good. So, well, uh, Michael Hechter's book, uh, Internal Colonialism, is pretty much like the Bible for a lot of kind of Welsh nats, really. Yeah. Uh, but, but I mean, if, there are a lot of strengths to the book. So um, basically, in the book, which came out in 1975, Internal Colonialism, Hector basically said, England was the core of British political and economic power. And he says, England largely dominated the Celtic periphery. So he groups Ireland, Scotland and Wales together. He says that Wales was classically, sort of essentially exploited in a classic colonial manner, during much like the UK exploited India and Africa and things like that by England. So he says... England extracted, basically, raw materials from Wales. Um, and incidentally, George Monbiot, who's in The Guardian, says that the reason the Welsh railway lines are so bad because they developed along colonial lines and that they travel from... They're all going out of Wales. Because mm-hmm. that was... From you know, west to east, because they were developed for the for, for removal... For extraction. For extraction. Well, yeah, well, the corridors, corridors aren't yeah. they? Um, What's changed? <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. Okay, so... Hector basically says that you know England's basically taking stuff out of Wales. He also introduced this idea of a cultural division of labour, whereby the Welsh were basically the workers and the English were largely the bosses, uh, because we didn't have our own sort of native bosses, things like that. So he basically said this unequal relationship was the real reason for Wales continuing development. So he basically says that England is the reason that Wales is poor, that England exploits Wales and that's why it's poor. So... There's a lot of good things about it which we'll talk about, but um, there are a lot of problems. So a lot of the criticism sort of naturally came from Labour-supporting academics. 
um, for the simple <laughs> reason that Hector's theory basically undermined the British state. So something, you know, something they didn't want to happen because you know naturally, if the state is historically seen to be oppressive and it's not legitimate, then obviously the the modern state has less legitimate because it doesn't rest on a history of sort of equality and kindness. We can't say we're in it together because Hector was saying, well, actually, Wales is still poor because of England. So basically, the arguments against Hector basically said that instead of being a periphery that was exploited, Wales was actually very much part of the core and, you know, really benefit from being at the heart of the UK and of the British Empire. And actually, Wales was a central part of British industrial development. They said that Ireland was a, a colony, like it was poor for a reason, like in the Irish potato famine, for example, raw materials like food was literally taken out of Ireland to, you know, mm-hmm. to England as the Irish actually starved. Um, but they said that's not appropriate analogy for Wales. So the criticism of Hector, so they basically go too far in the wrong direction and they basically paint the British state as really benevolent and kind, you know, and they ignore unequal relations of power, which for all the flaws of Hector's work theory, it does actually address the unequal nature of power between England and Wales. So Neil Evans, who in my opinion is probably the best contemporary historian of Wales, what's up Neil? He says, you know, both these theories are wrong. He says Hector is wrong, or this idea of inter- the internal colony is wrong, because it simply compares Wales with England, and it overlooks regional variations within Wales, and also regional variations within England. So some parts of England are extremely poor, yeah. and they're also exploited by, for example, the southeast. But he says the people who attacked the internal colonialism theory were also wrong, in that they see Wales as part of this progressive core, and they said Wales really benefit from being part of the UK without seeing any regional variations or inequalities of power. And what they don't address, and we'll come back to this later, is the issue of dependency. What I want to say is there is a strategic problem for those of us of a, a nationalist uh, inclination uh, with adopting the colonial model. Because if you say that the British state is inherently exploitative, if you say that Wales is poor because of England, how then do you explain things like the welfare state? You can't. I mean, if you're saying that the British state is inherently bad and selfish and, you know, exploits Wales, people are going to turn around and say, well, why is the British state been moving public services to Wales? Why has it had an effective regional economy, you know? Why has it moved the DVLA, the Royal Mint, things like that? So they can say, if you're saying on the one hand that this is proof that the British state is, like, mean, for want of a better word, they can point to all the things that have been given to Wales and say, well, actually, that's proof that the British state is kind. And what in reality is it's far more complex than that. It's, you know, so I think the best analysis of where, why we are where we are today comes from uh, Graham Day, who just so happens to be my former PhD supervisor, <laughs> so as far as I can see, walks and water. But he is, I, I think, the, probably the, the best sociologist of, of Wales probably in the last 100 years. I think he's amazing. Um, but he basically says he analyzes the role of the British state. So what he, he basically says that, you know, given the complexity of economic development and regional underdevelopment, he says, we must abandon any notion of a polar opposition between a core and a periphery in which the state, you know, the UK, acts purely and simply as an agent of one interest against another. So it's not just a case of England against Wales, you know, uh, things like that. So he basically says, it's it, Hector's idea ignores the complexity of power within the British state. He says, the intervention of the state in regional policy in terms of job creation, he said, makes problematic the notion that the, the state is perpetually driven to exploit problem regions. So this is the key. Graham says that with regards to peripheral areas like Wales, which are poor, he says the state can't just keep extracting a profit from these places. He said they can't just leave these places to rot. They have to pursue, like, uh, ameliorative regional economic strategies because firstly 
capitalism needs places like Wales as markets. England's always needed Wales as a market. And secondly, if it leaves places like Wales to get poorer and poorer and poorer, then you're going to get political opposition in the form of nationalism. So it's basically in its interest, as far as possible, to reproduce the existing sort of conditions of accumulation. So basically to maintain capitalism in its various forms. And that's why they do things like, you know, prop up Wales, give the create the Welsh office things like that. It's not because they're kind, it's because they need to sort of throw Wales bones now and then. There was um, a Francis Fox Piven argument, I think, um, that was um, in terms of like uh, unrest in a country, the state will always kind of give in and like give more to the state. Uh, you know, like, yeah, the uh, like, areas. Well, yeah, power yeah, shared is power retained. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. It's yeah. just like, like you're saying, throw them a bone and keep yeah. them quiet. So people, you know, people talk about um, the state, like people talk about, you know, it's almost like um, a conspiracy theory that the state is bad. But in again talk about gramsci like the idea of hegemony is about consent so you, you maintain control essentially by being quite clever and mm-hmm. giving and giving people making concessions to groups you don't win control by just crushing people and that's the difference between the state in western countries like the UK and the state historically in the east and developed countries because they just will go in and like shoot people who are protesting. Thatcher didn't read Gramsci. No, she didn't. <laughs> no, she, no, she, she, no, she didn't. And that is why there was a massive crisis. And if it wasn't, there's a different episode, but if it wasn't Thatcher, we probably wouldn't have devolution because she ruined the sort of consensus that had been achieved by the welfare state. Anyway, mm-hmm. So we're going to leap forward. Yeah, John Osmond was big on that. He was. Yeah. Just ripped him off again. Um, <laughs> but, um, okay, so we'll fast forward to devolution. And what's the role of the new Welsh state, and what's um, you know what's the nature of the economy? So devolution was meant to provide an economic dividend. If you think back to 1997, everyone's like, well, if you have devolution, it's going to stop things like Thatcherism ever happening. Wales is basically going to get really rich. I think people thought that Wales was going to become like Ireland was at the time, where people were just partying and getting rich off the housing bubble, things like that, which obviously crashed. Despite there being no evidence that devolution would provide anywhere in the world that devolution would provide an economic dividend, especially with the limited powers that it was that were on the table in 1997. So since devolution, the Welsh Government strategy, as far as I see it, is marked by two core pillars. The first is that they've adopted like redistributive sort of Keynesian policies from the UK government. So they've taken over the role of what the British regional British government's regional policy used to do. So it's basically welfareism and it reflects the, the role of the public sector in Wales. So basically all the block grant in Wales goes towards you know investment in the NHS and infrastructure, public services, things like that. That's the first pillar. The second pillar, as far as I can tell, is foreign direct investment or FDI and basically attracting investment into Wales. So while Scotland's approach has been quite bold based on innovation, Wales seems to be quite timid and involved spending large amounts of public money in order to try and attract big firms to Wales. Anyway, I've obviously rambled on long enough, but I think I've taken us up to... Uh, it probably went on longer than I think it did. You know, so, you know, it's you know, it's you know, good. You know, you zoom out. Yeah. And you don't, mm-hmm. and I, I'm still talking. In your zone. I get a bit existential. Yeah. I'm alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You hover outside your body. But, um, I've, got, I've got one very quick point to make about the you know economic dividend. Just sure. list the stats again. So the GVA in, in comparison to the UK average before devolution was Wales was 72.4% of the uh, UK average. 
2014, so obviously, whatever, 14, 16, uh, 15 years uh, after devolution. 15 years hence. Hence, <laughs> henceforth, <laughs> it's now 72.2% of the uh, UK average. So it's actually dropped by 0.2%. I can't believe it. I can't believe yeah. it if you just like, devolve so-called power to a country without giving them any controls over the economic and leaders. Leaders, Anyway. But it's, it's going to drop to 70% next year yeah. as well. So we're actually in a situation where things have got decidedly worse since 2014, mm-hmm. you could argue. So this is the, the first time we'll be below 70% of the UK. So what do you think has gone wrong, Mark? I mean, what do you think? I mean, <laughs> I mean as a, in one sentence. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's a big question. But firstly, I mean, firstly, I guess, how would you, if you had to describe, you know, the Welsh government's economic strategy, I mean, if you had, if you had to sort of describe it, well, how do you... I, th- I think the way you've characterised has, has been good. I think you missed one thing in terms of they have been trying to support what's going on with, with, small, with local businesses. Okay. But I, I think it's been done in a way which the government seems to know best. So it's just very much they want to control what's going on and okay. keep their handle on stuff, um, handle on the cash. And that causes people to become... You, you don't challenge things then. So we've got a very, you know, people just say yes. Okay. You know, and it's easier to say yes. In, in government and or in... The people who are after the grants and things as well. I, I just want to take you back just one thing. If you go back okay. to, you talked about history before and you arrived at the Industrial Revolution and Wales had an economic history prior to that as well yeah. and, and it gets ignored quite a lot. And it's one of those things that we've, we reflect on the fact that it's, it's tough for us and we blame people. Well, blaming is part of not taking responsibility as well. Yeah. So when we sit there and say we can't do anything well, unless so-and-so helps us, unless England helps us or unless the EU helps us, you know, we struggle to actually move forward. And I think that's, there's an opportunity there because you change that around and you think about how actually we've got a history of actually being able to trade with people. You know, we, I think it's not something that, you know, I remember, you know, we've heard people before saying there's no word for, you know, entrepreneurism in Welsh. <laughs> Boom, boom. Um, it's just one of those, I think there's, there's more to be gained from that. But then if you take it to where we are now and where we have been, you've got a situation where I think government think they are the answer to Wales's economy. And what that does is stop people from being able to do it themselves. Okay. Do you think that's, um, is that a legacy of, I mean, we obviously had, as we said, because Wales was, was so poor, you know, after the Second World War and everything like that, the government has just had a history of propping up Wales, hasn't it? The, you know, the, the regional policy. So is that history of sort of government intervention, the, the historical massive relative size of the public sector, is that just now like a, 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 an over, almost like a historical legacy and that in governing Wales will just assume that the state has got the, this massive role to play in everything? Two things. I think, so Mr Stats, Sam, came up earlier and, and actually said that we weren't, as poor as, you know, if you reflect us to some parts of Europe, we're not actually that poor. So when people say, are we you know, strong enough to, rich enough to be able to cope on our own? I think the answer is already there, is that we're, there are comparable countries okay. that are states. So we're not as poor. We're poor, say compared to England, and compared to other people. But I think what it does do is that GDP is a, is a measure of financial value. It's not a measure of other things that, okay. that go on in the economy. So I, I wonder sometimes if we, by focusing on some, trying to be like, England, which is, I think, what we're trying to do, and maybe the policies have gone, is part of our downfall. You know, I've, the amount of times you, know, you hear people talking about wanting to be part of, you know, create Silicon Valleys in Wales. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's... So it's like the building, uh, well, the Enterprise Park, whatever it was, in Swansea, and it seems to be like, 
they pump money into building. I, I remember it was called something like the Field of Dreams policy. Like if you <laughs> if you play, they'll come. So like I mean, it's like it's like they'll build enough of these mm. sort of high tech business parks, and then the logic is that eventually, like a Google or a Facebook or something, we'll will just, just start up in Wales. But they actually believe that. Yeah. They actually, and there are people who actually believe that we're going to have Googles and Facebooks starting in Wales. And we may have, and it'd be brilliant if we did. I, yeah, I'm not. Imagine, like, it'd be like, oh, what's, what's really successful? Like, oh, Facebook's pretty big taking off, isn't it? Why don't we just go in Wales? <laughs> <laughs> That's the meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, yeah. All right, uh, lunch, yeah. yeah. I'd love to, I mean, if it does start, then obviously we're looking for buyers, you know. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, buyers yeah. out, please. Yeah. It's <laughs> almost Christmas, so, you know, we're never... But you know, about Facebook, it was like the dude that painted the... Um, he painted their office in San Francisco. Did show, yeah. And in, and in lieu of, like, payment, because they like, were broke, like, you can have shares in the company. I, I, think, I think they were just taking off at that point. Um, nice. Point. We've left some paint there in the corner, so you can paint <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I've got a David Cho t-shirt. He's the painter? Yeah, that's the dude's name. And, like, he's got so much money now, or he just... He, um, he's friends with Acer Akira. The, um, adult. I don't know who you are. I don't know who that is. Who's that, like? Uh, she's um, uh, like Daniel Day Lewis of porn. Oh, ad- adult film industry. I'm not familiar with that, so. Uh... Yeah, it's, it's a bit underground. <laughs> All the stuff I watch is. You think that's a flawed, that their strategy is fundamentally flawed when it comes to creating ent- new enterprises and things like that? I mean, how do you, how can you encourage entrepreneurship? I mean, is entrepreneurship even the, even the answer? Do you think it's the answer? Or? I think it's a bad word, because I think it, and now it's just been taken over by this. Um, Tectosterone fueled, um, <laughs> you know, where people are just coming up with things and saying, "This is, you know, I'm going to create the next Facebook. I'm going to be in okay, Silicon yeah. Valley." So they believe the hype that's there, and it's uh, maybe you ask for a choice. They maybe don't believe the hype is there. <laughs> so I think there's an issue, and it's just um, it's being perpetuated by government ministers who like to think about things like that. Whereas actually, you know, there's things that go on in a local economy which are really important. And that's like, what keeps like, you. In like, like what though? Like, like I mean, health, food, healthcare, food, social care. These are things that create an economy, and we let big companies come and do that for us. You know, the amount of we talk about an extractive economy earlier. Mm-hmm. Well, most of when you go to Tesco's and you spend your money in Tesco's, they may leave a little bit for the people who work there, but the rest of it jumps in a wagon, flies off over the Seven Bridge, and gets taxed somewhere else. Possibly diverts. Which would be possible? Yeah. So, so <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Okay, so that actually neatly, neatly brings us on to the second pillar, and you've just said about the extractive economy. I mean, um, we regularly hear good news stories, don't we, on the news in Wales? So it's like 50 jobs created yeah. in so and so, right? Um, 50 uh, jobs created after school fire. Uh, but but it, but it'll be but it'll be like um, a new company will start up in Wales um, because the Welsh government is is very keen on foreign direct investment. So when you bring foreign firms to invest in Wales, that's obviously meant to raise sort of help the economy to help local people and on the face of it think about it what is not to like about that because the, mm-hmm. the idea of investment think that you can just say well brilliant you know and think about it there's big figures as well isn't it yeah. you know we like to talk about big figures we like to talk about millions and yeah. billions and trillions like that uh, big racetrack in Everville that's a classic example of a, a, a typical Welsh government's FDI strategy so but but if you think about what we think of good FDI, I mean, like, you know, we're both from, I'm from Porthcawl, you're from Bridgend. Mm-hmm. Ford have been in Bridgend as long as I can remember. As long as I can remember, a good job in the area would be in Ford. You know, you get an apprenticeship with Ford. But Ford's a really good example. So this year, last year, Ford had 14.7 million of our money, Welsh government money. Yeah. Ford's worth $61 billion. They don't need our 14.7 million. And 
you've got to question. So the, the people who work there, they should be valued by Ford. You know, they're good workers. They know what they're doing. They know how to build engines. Ford don't need our money to go and do that. And it was proven by it. So Ford have scaled back some of their investment. They'd agreed that on £200 million worth of investment. They scaled it back to £98 million. And in doing so, we still gave them 15 million quid. It's just like we thought, so who wrote, who wrote the thing that said, actually, if you don't do this, we're not going to give it to you. So with these companies like Ford or uh, you know, Jaguar or things like that that come into Wales. Yeah, Aston Martin. Yeah, Aston Martin. Oh, that's, yeah. So did they, oh, what, Airbus? Is Airbus? Airbus, Airbus, Airbus isn't it? Yeah. But so Is what, it good? I don't know. Yeah, would you say, I mean, would you, obviously it provides jobs. That's the main headline grabbing thing, isn't it? Jobs and skills. You know, who doesn't want a good apprenticeship making wings or engines or things like that? But... What about, I mean, how does that benefit, like, the local area? How, how do they benefit Wales? You said that, like, Tesco's, the profits might go elsewhere. Is it the same for things like... Well, the profits don't stay. The profits yes. of Ford don't stay in Of course, yeah, they Ford. Don't. We may pay, you know, and good salaries being spent in the local economy is great. But when you, you've got an economy that's based on... So when you, you, as a Ford worker, and you go to the... You go to Tesco's or you go to, you know, wherever you go to do your shopping, most of that money will just... Fly back out Especially of the economy. Especially if the town hasn't got any shops in the beginning, they just spend stuff online then, don't you? Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. And then you look at where they, their tax comes into it and it yeah, starts yeah, to build. Amazon's in Swansea, like. Yes, yeah, yeah. you just kid yourself, yeah. there, like. Yeah. The thing is, most of these, and mo- I mean, a lot of these places, like Ford, things like that, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, most of them, they're not research and development, are they? Most of them are not. Just, a lot of it is branch plant. I know Ford and Airbus is, is skilled labour, but a lot yeah. of the other things that are. When we say when the, we hear the headlines, hundred jobs created in so and so, and Welsh government minister like cut the red tape, and he's like, I'm proud to de- deliver this amazing development, blah blah. Um, you think, well, what's the quality of those jobs? Yeah. Um, but also, what's the um, what's the length? I mean, are they secure jobs? Are they permanent? Yeah. Because I think mm-hmm. if you if you went through the BBC website and sifted through these new jobs created, what's the average lifespan of these jobs? Are they like five years, ten years? But you said about no one counts them either. Exactly. I think there's all these people who take these and goes, "We created those jobs. That's my hundred jobs." Yeah. Mm. And someone else, says, I've had ninety-eight of them, yeah. and it just keeps building up. So there's well, a huge just number. Like, you know, fifty of those are the construction yeah. of like the new plant. Yeah, like, yeah that's not going to be for yeah. Yeah. yeah, Airbus is an interesting one. So they they create the wings in uh, you know with Airbus in Wales, but then the actual kind of construction of the aircraft, they take the wings. And they drive them all the way to Bordeaux in the south of France to actually, spoke, yeah we spoke about there. this yeah to actually kind of create the air, uh, you know the aircraft which is where the really really kind of high skilled kind of big bucks come in okay so although it's probably kind of relatively high skilled in oh, comparison yeah, no, to yeah, other yeah, things yeah, the actually really really kind of tech savvy you know things it makes more sense for the company they feel right now to actually drive these things from mid-slash-north Wales all the way to the south of France. So when these big companies come to Wales, and is it the fact, like, why does the government have to pay the money? Them? I don't, like, ex- I mean, explain to someone why, you know, it always seems to me, you know, why, why do you have to, why does a government, private, massive company like, you know, Land Rover or whatever, or Ford, or why? Because so they-, they can't see me shaking my head, can they? <laughs> no, no, no. No, I, I, I think it's mad, you know. But at the end of the day, they would say they're in a competitive market and, and Ford would go somewhere else unless they did so it. So this is what it is. It's but, like so basically bribing but, them to... Yeah, but you know, if, you, if, you, if we had people from Ford here, that, employees from Ford, they'd say we've got a good workforce, they say we work yeah. hard, we deliver, we've got good productivity. So Ford should want to invest in them. They, sh- they don't need the money. If we said to them, we're not going to give you the money, would they then pull out to Ford. I don't think they would. Yeah. Um, and it's, it may be a risk that they do. But the other, on the other flip side of that, when you've got people who are creating wealth here, 
they keep the wealth here. You know, we've got, we've got very few wealth creators. We've got people who are actually building businesses and actually growing them and spending the money locally. With um, family businesses, you know, you, you tend to actually have more of a, a longer view of your business. You're not likely to take risks, are you? So, you know, yeah, absolutely. And also, someone said, we, we hate, or, or government hates, lifestyle businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's the opposite? It's death style, but you know, yeah. you work yourself into the ground for yeah. somebody else. It's yeah. just mad, you know, and, and, we, and we don't seem to value the fact that people have got a job that pays for their kids to have food on the table, roof over their heads, you know, things that matter to them. And they're, they're just completely lost in the whole support network. Well, in, in 2015, uh, the IWA did research into sort of... Uh, IWA? Uh, Institute of uh, Welsh Affairs. So they basically looked at... Um, Brand, branding and sort of names and what sort of renowned or European renowned whatever so you know you, you had Ireland you know very easily you had like Guinness or like Scotch whiskey etc there's only one company in Wales that was considered world renowned which was Ivar uh, Williams trailers Trailer. which is obviously you know if you, if you see trailers it's usually Ivar Williams they're brilliant at what they do but that's still kind of very niche. He's got to be big into the trailer game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You knew? What? You're a big fan of uh, Ethan Williams' trailers? Trailers. I've, I've got off them recently. What have you been using to transport your, your livestock then? Um, well, I mean, I kind of got like a bit paid over um, stuff. Um, I've um, just been um, carrying them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's quite a lot of examples there. It takes Sony. So Sony, are, we talked about trillions earlier. Mm-hmm. So Sony have a market capitalization of was it 4.3 trillion yen so they're massive massive company what's that in pounds yeah, I don't know. Like but it's trillions it's trillions. Yeah. it's trillions it's trillions let's just keep to trillions <laughs> but we just we just lent them the, this time last year just over a million quid to make an addition to their pencoid facilities Crazy. which That's bizarrely we, Pie, wasn't it? yeah but bizarrely we own the facilities because Sony said to them before which they used to own the facilities in pencoid but Welsh government bought it out and now lease it back to them for them to use. So these companies are basically coming, these massive companies are basically coming into, into coming into Wales who are, you know, with billions and trillions of pounds. Trillions, and just, trillions. And, and asking the Welsh government, so they're basically, can we have some money to invest here? Otherwise we won't. That's or do the Welsh government go, please come, we will give you money. Do you reckon like there's someone at the top just really wants, like, just top people at so, birthday party? <laughs> that happens. Just have fifteen million. Just cut my birthday party <laughs> and invest in Wales, and then you know, you're right. You know, I mean, but it's it, you know, we hear that it's consistently said where Wales is open for business. Well, what does that mean? Yeah, to foreign investors, that means we'll pay you to come over here. And do you know what? Um, if you actually look at some of the small print um, in these business documents, the Welsh government economic policy documents that they give to probably like Americans, things like that. Some of the small print is about like the competitive cost of living, things like that. But it's also things like competitive wages. Yeah. And so what that basically means is that you can come to Wales, um, and it's worth thinking about the function that Wales plays in the world economy. So some areas of the world are research and development places, like the south of England, and, you know... I've just found out how much a yen's worth, by the way. It? It's 6.9 pence. So one yen is worth 6.9 pence. Can't work it out. We're going to come back with it. We'll do some math. <laughs> I, I can't do it. Um, but the thing is, it's about FDI. So how much is it, sorry? So it's about just under 10%. Okay. So, to, like, these massive Japanese companies Still aren't, aren't actually... All right. Still big. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, look at the... the, the I think this, some of this might seem quite obscure, sort of economic theory, but um, we're talking about the role 
Wales, you know, what's the role of Wales in the world's, world economy now? Um, and there's a, a geographer called Richard Walker, and he talks about these quite cool theories. And he, he's basically saying that you've got, um, just like um, in Marxism, in traditional Marxism, you know, forgive me again for talking about it, but you have what Marx calls a reserve pool of labour, so um, the reserve army of the unemployed, which basically says that within capitalism, there's not enough work to go around, there never will be. So you need unemployed people, if you're a boss, you need unemployed people so you've got the threat of unemployment mm-hmm. hanging over your workers. So it means you can sort of whip them and, and make them work for peanuts because they know that they're easily replaceable. So those, the unemployed people have a function to play within capitalism. That's why, under Thatcherism, they wanted to artificially increase the amount of unemployed people in the UK. In the UK. So it'll be, it, the more unemployed people there are, the far better the conditions are for big employers. But within the world economy, some places, so it's like that, so like, just like the unemployed have a role to play in, um, in capitalism in general, in the world economy, some places you know, that remain poor, like Wales, like the south of Italy, like the north of England, it could be said that they serve a function in that if you're a big business, you're looking at the world, where are we going to invest our branch plants? Where are we going to go that we can extract a profit from? That's why companies move abroad. Like that's why people we say, oh, why have all the call centers gone to India and things like that? People moan about it. Well, why do you think? They go to India because if you can employ people less when you're there, then obviously your profit's going to go. And it's the same with Wales. If you can come to Wales, the Welsh government's going to apparently bribe you, give you like 15 million quid because they're desperate to have... You, you talk about Indian companies own call centers. So there was a company, First Source Solutions, who we need to do the rupee exchange rate now. They're capitalised <laughs> at 22 billion rupees. And yet we've given them money to come and set up a call centre. We won't say how much it is now. So there's been a, a habit recently. So um, it's the same with uh, Aston Martin. We're not saying how much we're actually giving these companies to come here. I wonder whether... An undisclosed it's, Yeah, an undisclosed... Why is that? You know, public money should be... There shouldn't be anything undisclosed about these sort Probably of things. Probably 21.5 billion rupees. It's a lot of money. Yeah. yeah, it'll be a lot of money. <laughs> and then call centres as well. You know, what are we looking at? In 10 years' time, 5 years' time, they're going to be replaced Absolutely. by chatbots and things. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, even with like highly skilled jobs, so uh, coding, that's starting to be um, moved uh, abroad as well, so you can get cheap um, coders. Well, there are, very, there are very few jobs, in theory, that can't be outsourced. I mean, things that can't be outsourced are things like construction. You can't, generally, you can't, well, I mean, they can be outsourced, you can bring labour in, but generally speaking... There's robots now that build walls. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, but, yeah. And those, those road-laying robots... The, the ones that the, lay bricks on the floor. The best yeah. robot I've ever seen in Japan, where it's obviously very technical, I haven't seen in Japan, but you know, seen online, is that it disposes of dead bodies. So if you're out and about and like your loved one like dies. When you're out and about. Yeah, you're out and <laughs> about, about, about in Japan. This is the shops, alright? What do you need? Whatever, you know, whatever you need. And like someone, you see someone die in front of you, like, fuck, that's traumatic. And here comes a giant robot to scoop it up and then just, you know. Put it in this robot mouth and go. And eats it. So it doesn't eat it; it just stores it. But like, right. it's just kind of like. Is it? The, is it a police robot? A government robot? He's it's, it's freelance. He's just <laughs> gig economy. Isn't yeah. It? yeah. <laughs> what, what, what if, like, you know, you're a cop and like, well, there's been a murder. Where's like, there's the body. It's you know how you use um, robots to blow up IEDs. Yes. It's just basically. Oh, okay, like yeah. that, but picking up bodies. So, yeah. so earlier today, Nathan messaged Dan asking if he was a nerd. I think, he's, I, think he's, I, think he's, I think he's answered that question himself by like these like 
dead person picking up robots. You spoke about the adult entertainment industry. They have robots in the adult entertainment <laughs> industry, don't they? Um, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're really convinced though because like, they've got rubber backs and stuff. Within the world economy, some places clearly are where high-tech investment happens and within, you know, and some places like Wales are obviously seemingly the places where you move things like call centres, you move manufacturing as in like places, you know, low-skill things. So, we always, we're always talking as a country, aren't we, like how do we break out of this cycle? But I think it's worth thinking about the logic, the internal, like the, the logic of world capitalism is, well actually we need places like, we need places like Wales that remain poor because they're always going to need places to go and if they want to make a quick buck because people in these places are desperate, they want work, and so the government's desperate to attract good headlines. Um, so they're always going to be, you need these places within wheel capital, you need places like Wales, you need places like the South of Italy and South America and things like Me- parts of Mexico where you can just go, well, let's just make a quick buck there for five years and then let's move. Um, but the issue is how do you break out of that cycle? And the thing is, I think, I, think, I think there might be a tension because the Welsh government on the one hand obviously says they want to develop a knowledge economy, break out of Wales being this sort of like low wage branch plant economy. But it's alright saying that, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but on the other hand, why are they still going? Why is Carl Jones still going to America and tell American employers, "Oh, you want to set up a big factory and create like hundred low skill"? I mean, so they're saying one thing, but then they're trying to do the, the thing that's perpetuating this this branch plant economy. I don't understand it. But well, I do understand it. But <laughs> they do it because it creates headlines. You get short term political capital out of saying, "Well, actually, we've created like fifty jobs here." But you go back to Sam's stats and it hasn't worked, does it? No, of course not. So if that's their measure, it's not worked. So they put all this money into it and it's just it's just not worked. I mean, this is their measure. I mean, uh, the Welsh uh, government wanted GVA of Wales to reach 90% of the UK average, which is still, you know, still 10% less than the average. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like they've gone above and beyond. Mm-hmm. Uh, 17 years later, we've actually lost ground in the rest of the UK. So by their own kind of admission... It's just completely failed. You said earlier, Mark, I mean, you said something that might be political culture, like the government knows best. Is there anything that, I mean, my personal opinion is that we're not going to get anywhere because Welsh government have got a very short-termist view of everything and that they would rather win the next election or they'd rather win a nice, get a nice headline about create 50 jobs than take, than, rather than take an unglamorous long-term approach to investing in infrastructure or something like that. Like, take like Wilver. You know, we were saying about Anglesey, about yeah. new, nuclear power. Offline um, that was, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 but, um, you know, the fact is, I mean, that's, a, an, un, that's an unpopular, I mean, we should be moving away, in my opinion, from nuclear power, mm-hmm. but no one's going to say that because they don't want to be slaughtered. For, because what happens if you say, you don't, if, if, you say if you dare to say, I, mean, I don't think we should have nuclear power, then you know... I dare to say we shouldn't have nuclear power. We shouldn't, mm-hmm. you know, this is the thing, so, we've got a country that's got all its natural energy resources, and yet we're still doing it, and we're doing it because of the jobs that it Yeah, and then creates. the narrative, well, uh, the government spoke for it, and we'll come back to you then and say, oh, Mark Cooper says that he doesn't want, he wants you lot to lose your jobs. He thinks that, you know, these yeah. people shouldn't have, but that's yeah. true, isn't it? I think yeah. that's something, though, that every party needs to be stronger on, as in every party in, uh, in Anglesey are saying that they'd keep it open, you know? Um, but it's because they can't risk this this accusation because yeah. jobs are such jobs are so emotive, aren't they? You know, people say, "Well, you know, um, I don't want to." You can't you can't say to someone effectively, "Well, I want your job to be become obsolete." That's basically what cost mm-hmm. Clinton yeah. the appellation yeah. because she said, "We're going you know, to move away from coal." People are like, "Oh, mm-hmm. all right, so great." She didn't say what she's going to replace it with, and it's like that. Drums. 
drone, <laughs> <laughs> on the drone lines. Yeah. Um, but, but we're coming to a future. I think we're going to pick this up in another yeah, yeah, episode yeah. as well. We're coming to a future where you know jobs aren't going to be the, the answer. They're not the answer now. I don't think. You know, in Wales, they're not the answer. But we'll keep doing it. You know, the Valleys Task Force talk about jobs. We talk about high quality, well paid jobs. But if the jobs aren't there, then we're focusing on probably the wrong thing. Okay. That ties us up quite neatly, I think. Are we doing shout outs in this set? Yes, shout outs, yeah. Quick shout outs. Sam. Sam! Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give a shout Well, I'm going to do like a bit of a double, like a shout out and then like, you know, slamming the guy as well. Oh, yeah, 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 it's fine. Yeah. So, so that's harsh, isn't it? Yeah, well, is this what it's like? Is this what I do? I get one, do I get two? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I want to first off get a shout out to the indigenous Sioux population for fighting against Dapple and winning and showing that direct action works. And I also want to tell Obama, you're a bit of an idiot for like trying to take credit for stopping the pipeline when you're the one that was, you know, going ahead with it. Flaming him. Wow. Yeah. Just before he leaves his house as well. Really <laughs> yeah. Ask him actually, actually, yeah. Um, my shout out, I want to shout out to Graham again. Uh, what's that? Like, um, Do you always shout out to the same person? I shout out to yeah. Graham. Um, basically, yeah, I, want to, I want to ignite a bit of a debate this week because, I mean, I said on Twitter before, but um, so basically... There's no way of sugarcoating it. My housemate admitted that. So we, the food bin is always really full in my okay. house, right? The food bin is always really full. And I said, well... Are we supposed to be finishing this now? Is it <laughs> you? This, yeah, but I said, I said how, is it, how is it so full all the time? And how come there's never any of your food? Because he barely sees food. It turns out he flushes his food down the toilet. <laughs> that's, um, that's sufficient. He flushes food down the toilet. And we had a beef about it the other day. So I want to reignite this thing. Put it out with people. I think that's the most weird thing I've ever done. Like, <laughs> um, he thinks it's completely normal. Says everyone he knows does it. And... I think if you do it, you're an animal. It, it depends, though, doesn't it? Because you can have plumbing problems. I mean, if you like, oh, you're going to have plumbing problems. You're going to have plumbing. You need a grapefruit. So the, quest, get rid of it. so the question is, you know, obviously he's not going to put like massive like, <laughs> melons and stuff down there. I'm just saying, if any, if you do it, please tell me if you think it's normal. Why? What got you into it? Anyway, are you trying to get some feedback? I'm trying to get feedback, basically. And so. uh, give a shout out to all the kids at Degrassi High School. If you're not watching Degrassi on Netflix, you're missing out. It's, it's brilliant. Okay. Uh, so, so when I when I was came on yesterday, so I got. A, a Twitter um, message to say if I didn't say a shout out to <laughs> Scott that he wasn't going to be my best friend anymore so he's uh, detox on Twitter so, um, no, 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 so no, I'm no. not going to shout out to him <laughs> take this as in French <laughs> okay. okay right thanks very much Mark and come back in next week or part two um, <laughs> wink with um, we'll talk about what we can do to improve the world's economy in the future the future of Wales yes. if there is one okay. there is take it easy bye Cheers. I want you to do me a favour Break down for me what I'm holding in my hand right now. Ah, that is a Dave & Buster's power card. Yes, now, does your Dave & Buster's card work at any other similar establishments, like, say, uh, TGI Fridays? Mine does not. No, it doesn't. Um, believe me, I've tried at several locations. Okay, well, yeah, because if you recall, I've actually been with you on many of those occasions where you've tried. Right, yeah, I don't think I've tried it enough. I think you have, because clearly, at this point, you should have realized that it doesn't work anywhere else. There's one out in Franklin Mills I haven't tried. I feel like It's that not going to work there work. either. Okay, let's move past it. I'm trying to make a point here. When you come to Dave & Buster's, you spend your real money, but you leave with Dave & Buster's money. Okay, that gives you incentive to come back to Dave & Buster's because it's the only place where your money works. I think that's brilliant. Now, maybe we should take a page out of D&B's book and try the card at the Fridays out in the Northeast. No, card at Fridays. you son of a bitch. We're way past that at this point. I don't understand why you can't grasp that point. It doesn't work anywhere else. It's only going to work here. All right, I'm, I'm getting all worked up, okay? This is, let's, well, I'm proposing that we print our own currency.